Join us in a world where you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Sit back as we discuss hard lessons from the best and brightest the personal defense and competition shooting industry has to offer. Let us help you help yourself, no matter where you are on your personal path. Ballistic Radio is brought to you by Centurion Arms. Hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. Now here's your host, John Johnson. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. I'm your host, John Johnson. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at ballisticradio.com. Get the latest behind-the-scenes info, arguments, photos, videos, careful analysis of the friendly discourse going on in the nation currently, and probably some selfies. At Facebook.com slash Ballistic Radio. Hey, Joe. Friendly discourse, huh? Yeah. You know, I will say this. For the most part, not always, but for the most part, people have have been relatively cool uh, on the Facebook page. Until I do something that, like, like, fails some sort of ideological purity test that they have set in mind for me. And then they're like, what's this? Heresy. Yeah. Yeah. Not that that happened recently or anything, but, uh, yeah, man. So, Hey, guess what? What's that? This segment's also brought to you by Centurion Arms. Even if you're just a cook, a lowly, lowly cook, are you calling tactical nukes from your couch every night with ease? You need to know that your life-saving equipment is going to work and Centurion Arms knows it too. Veteran-owned and operated Centurion Arms is dedicated to producing firearms, parts, and accessories with an outstanding level of quality, functionality, and precision at prices you can afford. Whether you just need a new rail or barrel or something off to f- something else <laughs> to finish off your latest build, man, I've been doing so good with these. Or maybe you want to take all the guesswork out and buy a complete rifle. Centurion Arms has got what you need and knows that when you need it, you need it to work. Visit centurionarms.com today to check out all their awesome products. Centurion Arms, hard use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. See, if I were a cheater, I'd have Joe, the excellent, wonderful producer, fix that so that no one. Well, now I can't. No, I don't want you to. I, hey, I mess up sometimes. It's all right. It makes it interesting. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of excited for this. Joining us today. Rhett Newmayer from Demonstrated Concepts. Rhett, how's it going? Doing well, thank you. So, I you you sounded kind of surprised when I asked you to come on the show. Uh, and when I say sounded, I'm I'm inferring based off of text. So maybe you were like, yeah, yeah, I was expecting this. But um, <laughs> I I've been sort of following some of the stuff that you've been doing lately, and. You are definitely on a, a short list of people that I really want to take a class from just because you're doing some things um, that might actually be considered new. And we're, we're going we're gonna to get into that in a little bit. Uh, but first off, I guess, who are you? What do you do? And uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm Rhett Newmayer. I run... Demonstrated Concepts, that's a, it's a company I've been uh, training outfit that I've been building since uh, 2012. Uh, do the typical pistol, carbine, do some shotgun work, uh, do some oddball shotgun work. Um, 
and uh, and also do a fair amount of free uh, CCW primer classes. Well, and that's actually where that's I want to. A... Well, I was going to say that's where I want to start first because um, you know, so we hang out some of the same places on the internet, and you know, I got stuck in uh, in Colorado once, and you know, you you were kind enough to like keep me company while I silently or actually not so silently raged at the uh the airlines but um <laughs> i that was a that was a bad day i i was kind of a jerk that day so thank you for putting up with me um but uh so i i've been sort of paying attention and and there are a couple things that i want to get into but uh the free ccw primer stuff is actually super interesting to me because you you live in an area that you know, has has a large training community and has a, you know, a relatively strong firearms culture, but also has, I guess, what would traditionally be thought of as a, a relatively strong anti-firearms culture as well, sort of like intermingling. And I don't know if that's an accurate or fair assessment or not. Um, so I guess, is that? And then we'll, I'll get to the rest of my question. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think there's, um, there's extremes here. Yeah. Yeah. So... But you're doing free CCW primer classes, and I guess my first question would be, as an instructor, um, teaching free classes strikes me as a poor business model, so good on you. Um, and I'd like, I'd like to hear about, I guess, sort of what prompted you to do that, and then any observations you have, um, I guess, on the student body, specifically, like, of late. Sure. Uh, so I started doing these um, at the beginning of 2019. Um, I was not the first in Colorado to do so. Uh, so um, some some gun shop buddies uh, were pitched the idea to me, uh, and my initial reaction was the same as yours. What a terrible business model. Uh, but uh, the more they talked to me, the more I realized that uh, this is probably the best way that I can be an activist for two-way rights. Uh, it's probably the best way that I can ensure that, um, that I'm reaching the broadest audience with the message that is absent of the derpiness that I dislike so much mm -hmm. in some of, some of our community. Uh, and, um, yeah, starting in on that, uh, I just, I was kind of blown away by, well, number one, I just really enjoy it. Um, you asked about the, the audience. Uh, so it's been relatively, uh, steady. I haven't seen a change in, in demographic. Um, I have seen a huge change in, uh, popularity, uh, with, um, everyone wanting to get everything done right now. Um, but really, I think that uh, the classes, so pushed out as, as free content um, and pushed out as short blocks with offerings for like follow-up classes for range time and whatnot. Uh, I think it reaches a lot of people that would otherwise be unable to access training. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these folks like, 50 bucks is is 
the the peak uh the the max limit for what they could could afford for training and i think it's a bummer that uh I think it's a bummer that Colorado requires such an expensive process and hoops to jump through to basically to secure rights that I believe you're born with. So, right. Well, and <clears throat> so there's some, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, there's some other things that you've, you've talked about that I happen to agree with strongly, but I sort of want to get into that. My, I guess my first question, you sort of brought up like 50 bucks is a lot of money for some people. Do you think that our community, and this is a two-part question, one, alienates people that we shouldn't be alienating just by not fully understanding budget? And two, do you think some of the popular advice that we give people is not reflective of reality? Um in along the same vein of budget concerns. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think both those are fair, um, fair assertions. I, I think that, uh, so, so in our, in our culture, especially in our, our dark corner of the interwebs, um, the, one of the most popular format gun memes is some, anything with the pores. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and well, you look at, you look at the cost of, of the products that are, uh, well, that are the, uh, most respected and it definitely takes a large portion of the population out of the game right off the bat. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think there's, uh, there's an emphasis on the best of the best all the time. And with, when we're talking about defensive uh, defensive use of a firearm when we're talking about training for um, extremely dangerous stuff where we want the best but I think that there's something lost along the way uh, when we're trying to on one hand we say we want everyone to be armed and, and then in, in the same sentence we finish it that has a thousand dollars to invest in a gun holster and then twice that in a training and then that over again in an optic. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Well, and so I, I still remember, uh, right after my first kid was born when I was working three jobs, um, two of them were pretty much full-time jobs. And, uh, and, and was living in a not so great neighborhood, and I didn't own a gun, like not I didn't own one. I I borrowed one from my my father, but like as far as like budgetary concerns go, like yeah, that wasn't a thing. Like the that that was just not in the budget, you know. And so I I remember that um, maybe a little little better than some people do, but, you know, what, what do you think is like for the average American, like, what do you think a comfortable expenditure is along the, the lines of like, Hey, I just don't want to die. And I, I kind of maybe want to have a gun around. Um, and I, and I, I know this is a ballpark and I didn't, I'm not asking for like research here, but like, do you have a figure in mind for like, Hey, uh, 
you know, here's here's a reasonable amount and here's what you could get for that? Sure. Uh, so, so what I see, a lot of the conversations that I have in a lot of these classes start off as uh, similar to your story. Like, hey, I'm, I work my ass off. All I do is work. I have all these jobs and I'm just barely getting by and, uh, and I need something, um, but I don't have a lot of time to invest in this because I got to keep working to make a little bit of money that I have and I got to keep going. Um, I, I, I got to minimize expenses because, well, same thing. So I, I tell these people generally there's, you can get into something uh, and a little bit of training and a little bit of gear to keep it on you for around the $500 mark. And I have some, I, I don't know how, how real that is right now in this, in the insanity that's going on. Right. Uh, but that, that was the mark. Um, that gets you uh, the, the entry level pistol that gets you a holster that uh, is not, uh, not an outright liability. And uh, it gets you a little bit of ammo. Um, and then I really emphasize dry fire work uh, and, and uh, training that isn't so heavy on live fire. There's a lot of, I think, I think the majority of high value training for defense encounters is actually not done on a gun range at all. So, right. um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I direct people. Um, we got to go to break and I sort of want to get into, you know, before the insanity, what was your suggestion? Because like, I have a pretty good idea because I remember pre people freaking out over the conversation when I was observing it and I'm like, no, I kind of agree with this. Um, but We'll uh, we'll get to that in a second. Right now, we're talking with Rhett Newmayer from Demonstrated Concepts. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. This segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat makers of the finest custom 1911s and scatterguns since... 1977, a legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories as well as the EDC X series of firearms, which all offer discriminating shooters, 1911 match grade accuracy, superior ergonomics, and concealability with modern service pistol capacity as well as reliability at wilsoncombat.com. So we're talking with Rhett Newmayer from Demonstrated Concepts. And before the break, you were sort of discussing like this $500 like package of, Hey, you can have a gun on you and you can actually practice with it a little bit. And maybe it's not the best choice ever, but it's a choice that will probably do you well enough until, you know, or might just do you well enough. Uh, what was that, you know, before the craziness? Sure. So I, I started off looking at, uh, at at what was available out there, what people were suggesting at the lowest end of, of lowest budget end. So um, a lot of people recommend the Taurus G2C and the similar models there. Um, I played around with one and, uh, well, I, I wasn't crazy about it. No. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I like my guns to uh, not I, go off when I don't want them to, you know. Just mean. Uh, yeah. Um, another recommendation was the Sky CPX mm -hmm. two, I believe. Um, and 
I didn't hate that as much. Um, I actually, I actually still own one as just like here, here's your bare bones beater model for, uh, for a, a centerfire cartridge. Um, and occasionally people insist on going, uh, on going the traditional centerfire route, then I'm, uh, that's kind of where I steer them still. Um, I have had reliability issues with, with mine, and I, I think that's kind of, well, it's a $150 gun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but it does get people the ability to train, and as far as the ability to dry fire and not all of the, uh, to get people to dry fire, um, I don't mind putting people on a on a heavy long trigger to learn fundamentals. Um, yeah. So that that one works for me. The other the other gun that I recommend, um, and I'm pretty big on this for a lot of a lot of shooters, is the uh, the LCR 22. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little snubby revolver and I think that the combination of being a double action only, like heavy trigger, heavy hammered revolver takes away most of the reliability issues, at least from what I've seen, of 22. Um, so I, I have, uh, there's, I know you've seen some heated discussions or some people are very passionate about, uh, how how many times I should have been killed in the streets? Yeah, uh, with that with that gun. Yeah, um, but uh, well, I was gonna I'm finding s- that I was going to say, in fairness, I I too have been killed in the streets many a time due to my proclivity for you know twenty two caliber uh, defensive firearms, you know, for certain situations. And sure, you know, <laughs> gee, oh, sorry guys, I'm still here. Um, right. So uh, with that, uh, with that that specific gun, I I think it's pretty concealable for for most, even for smaller people. Um, and uh, well, just the absence of recoil makes makes that training curve. I mean, if you're not going to train a lot, because that's just the way that budget and time has your life going. Yeah. Um, at least take the easiest route possible to have the the best possible, or I should say, the the easiest experience for you if that terrible event does come your way. Well, and it seems like too that a lot of people get hung up on, you know, but it's a twenty two, uh, and so I I've been lucky enough to get to do quite a bit of terminal ballistic testing. And, and I can, and I've, I've tested the specific gun that you're talking about. And I know with, um, 40 grain CCI mini mags that you'll hit 12 inches of penetration in a four layer denim, uh, ballistic test. So, which is good. Uh, intermediate barriers, clearly it's not going to perform well at all, but you know, the, the emphasis on intermediate barriers for, you know, handgun round capability is very much a thing from the law enforcement field. So I'm not saying that, like, given my choice, would I like that capability? Yes, yes, I would. 
Uh, I don't know how necessary it is for 99% of the, you know, private citizen self-defense shootings that I encounter, you know? I totally agree. I think that, uh, I think that there are benefits in that cartridge, uh, that far outweigh the, the little bit of ballistic shortcoming there. Um, talk about the absence of recoil, the absence of blast, uh, in, in a wheel gun, I get to be the worst wheel gunner ever. I can run my thumb all the way over the gap every yeah. single shot and it turns my thumbnail black by the end of the day, but that's about it. Right. Um, so, so there's no punishment there. Uh, and then, uh, again, back to the dry fire thing. I, I see with, uh, with people who are, um, a lot of people who are coming into the free classes. I pitch the idea dry fire and they're all about it. And then we do a few reps and they're like, well, this is number one's first exposure for people, but they're really taken aback by the complexity of resetting the just simple stuff like resetting a slide on, on an auto. And I think that uh, the simplicity of open the cylinder, make sure you can see air or, or daylight through the, yeah. through the holes, close the cylinder and then click, click, click away. It gets people very comfortable and, and promotes good dry fire practice more so than I see anywhere else. And I think that that's what um, that's likely what's going to make more of a difference uh, if you ever had to use that uh, than you know can I punch through a car door? Right. And and the other thing too, and you brought it up, and I'm I'd kind of like to discuss it. Um, there's a lot of things that we take for granted, like. I can unload a firearm and make sure that it's actually unloaded. Like I can do that with my eyes closed if I had to. And especially for people that have very little exposure or, you know, the exposure they have had didn't really have like safety concerns in mind or negative outcomes as like a possibility. Um, this is going to sound silly, but like unloading and verifying that a semi-auto is unloaded is actually harder than we think it is for new people. Absolutely. Um, I think there's a, <clears throat> so the, one thing, another thing I see in classes often is uh, there's a really eager guy standing next to his girlfriend or wife that does not want to be there. Uh, and, there's always the conversation, almost almost always a forced conversation of like, hey, what should I get? And they're expecting me to recommend, you know, the, the average gun guy suggestion to uh, to the girlfriend or to the wife um, or to the, the elderly mom. Um, and, uh, and the first thing I ask is, well, uh, let's let's put a few different models in your hand and number one let's just see all right can you take a mag out can you put a mag in can you walk a slide back and can you um can you actually put some dummy rounds in this magazine uh and for so for the common for for people who can afford to keep training and who have the motivation to keep training i think you can overcome a lot of those barriers but for the majority of people who 
are just going to get this tool, do just enough training to feel safe, uh, and, and then move on with their life. I think you have to check those boxes, all of those boxes, right off the bat to have any hope of there being uh, a good outcome there. Right. Well, and, and what people don't understand is that unless you're a very specific type of person, uh, frustration and failure are not motivators for most people. If anything, what ends up happening is frustration and failure, especially early, will just get you to abandon something. Uh, not you and not me, but like normal people. And And something as simple as like, damn, this magazine's really hard to load and I feel dumb. And like I, everyone's making this seem really easy. Why can't I do this? I should just quit. And, and like, again, that strikes me as something that, um, we don't often think about now. I, I want to get your response to that, but we have to go to break. So hold that thought. Uh, right now we're talking with Rhett Newmayer from Demonstrated Concept. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard-use rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. This segment brought to you by BigTexOutdoors.com. BigTexOutdoors.com is the best place for you to find all of your everyday carry needs at the, at the absolute best prices. Maybe you need all the lumens from ModLite at the lowest price? No problem. Spend too much time alone in your room and now you need an optic on your pistol? Well... BigTaxOutdoors.com has those, and they're not going to judge. Glock accessories, yes, fast, cheap shipping, 100% hassle-free returns, all that and more. And best of all, BigTaxOutdoors.com has Ike. He's a good man and thorough. I like Ike, everybody likes Ike, and you'll like Ike too. Visit BigTaxOutdoors.com today and find out what happens when every customer is a friend, not just an order. So we're talking with Rhett Newmayer uh, from Demonstrated Concepts, and I... I kind of wanted to get your response to sort of the concept of when we give brand new people something that is like frustrating and difficult, oftentimes that encourages them to just not do it. Uh, what do you think? Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's uh, first, first experiences have to be good experiences. Even if there's no learning that happens there, I think that enjoying or not hating is, is more important to get the follow-up buy-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can't teach someone if you have no buy-in. So, um, yeah, starting off with something that is the easiest manual of arms, uh, something that is uh, the quietest you can manage with the least amount of recoil that uh, that is possible. Um, and... Even with, uh, I see a lot of people do, they, they check all those boxes, they do that right, and they still have, uh, they still have people come away from the firing line bummed. Well, maybe don't put a paper plate at 10 yards for a first timer. Yeah. Um, right? Let's like, let's build confidence at some, on a, on a full silhouette at like three yards, uh, and, and move on. I think people, uh, some people understand crawl, walk, run, but they don't want to crawl very, very long. Right. And, and I think a lot of, a lot of people need to crawl for quite a while. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, and to be clear too, and I, I think where some of the pushback comes and, and I'd like to get your thought, you're, you're not, there is a difference here between 
Well, what you need is this this 357 J-frame and, hey, yes, this is a revolver, but for this reason, this reason, this reason, this is probably a good place to start. Like, there there is a, a pretty clear difference there, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, so, if any gun is better than none, as long as you know how to use it. Um, and I think with uh, any gun that you can afford to train on, it's better than any any one shot stopper, amazing, whatever. Right. Uh, generally, generally, um, I think <laughs> I think with uh, so with a lot of the a lot of the folks that I see in classes, uh, especially the some of the the people who are specifically at my class because they could not afford anything else. Um, I, I remind myself constantly. You know, these are the people who are most likely to need this service to, and to need to defend themselves. Um, and if they're going to do that, you just have to make things stupid simple. Um, yeah. Well, and, you know, again, I think that we get caught up in sort of like this secret vocabulary that we have. Um, and when I say we, the community, right? And at a certain level, you know, we have a vocabulary that's every bit as, you know, nuanced and complicated as as like the medical field or any other field. Like there's stuff we talk about that might as well be like, you know, some scary person uh, like speaking Latin out of an old book. Like, ooh, this concerns me. You You know what I mean? So, and and I think we lose sight of that. Um, Speaking of scary, you know, Latin out of an old book, I kind of want to sort of switch gears here and talk about what you're doing with the shotgun stuff. Um, Because I've seen videos, and you and I have had like a couple of conversations about it, though nothing in depth, but, um, and I'm a shotgun nerd, a massive shotgun nerd. I, I, I probably like them more than I like pistols. Um, you're sort of taking a non-traditional approach to how you're selecting a shotgun and what you're using it. Well, not what you're using it for necessarily, but how you're using it. Do you, do you sort of, do you want to give like the elevator pitch here of, of what I'm talking about? Sure. So, uh, so I'm I was not a shotgun guy. Um I still wouldn't I still wouldn't consider myself to be a shotgun guy, but I was very like carbine dork anti shotgun. Like I that you asked me uh you asked me when I first started shooting or when I was first started competing, uh what I thought about shotguns and I was the birds and bears kinda right. kind of mentality. Um and then uh, a lot of my buddies started shooting three gun, and it just it kind of just made me dig my heels in to the point where I was just looking for some way to, um, well, to to get under their skin. Uh, <laughs> so, so that is about the time that the Mossberg Shockwave was released, uh, and. I immediately went out and bought one and 
was thinking to myself, all right, uh, we'll just settle this. I, I'm just going to dress this thing up in ridiculous tactical dork stuff and go beat them in, uh, in a shotgun stage, and then we'll sell it and never talk about it again. So wait, 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 wait. wait. And, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, and I, I was going to say I try not to do this, but I actually do it a lot. So you're about to tell me that everything that you're doing with a shotgun came from your desire to troll your friends. Yeah, it was purely a spite move. Okay, that's, that's, that's good. That's good. I'm glad that we can admit that and work through that. So yeah. anyway, please uh, continue. So I got the gun, started working with it. And I, I mean, no surprise. I found that, that um, it was difficult to try and uh, match their performance with, with their uh, 1301s and, um, and fancier like race shotguns with my, pretty much a bare bones shockwave. Right. Um, so I, I just, I am, I can be a stubborn person. So I just dug in deeper and, uh, I ended up putting a few thousand shells through, through that shockwave. Um, just trying every possible technique that I could think of to make it work with sighted fire. Um, and along the way, I, I discovered that uh, it is it is not only doable, but now I can run now now when I run a stock shotgun, um, I'm essentially running it the same way as I do the shockwave or anything with the the bird's head grip. Right. Um, I, I find that I just I've gotten to the point where I my performance is better without a chest or shoulder contact point. Um, Yeah. So I've seen videos of this. And if I hadn't seen videos of this, I would be incredibly skeptical, right? I'd be like, right, sure you can, (laughs) you know. Um, But I've seen videos of this and, and you run a shotgun as well as, I've seen anybody run a shotgun. You're just doing it without a stock. Um, I don't, so I don't want you to like give away the secret sauce in like the classes that you're teaching. Um, Or, but I mean, do you, do you want to like get into the concepts of what you're doing a little bit? Um, Sure. And, and also too, uh, sort of like what you see as the advantages of just, not having a stock on the gun. Sure. So, um, yeah, maybe we can circle back, but when I got through this learning that I don't actually use the stock like pressed against chest or shoulder for much of anything, I started taking stocks off of just, just anything that would have it. So still doing a lot of AR pistol work with braceless stockless stuff as well. Um, but with the so with the with the shotgun um, with twelve gauge, just looking for any anything that I could find for recoil mitigation, um, doing the laziest method possible, just just going deep into the Google. Uh, I started pulling up videos um, and 
and conversations uh, talking about the work that Rob and Matt Hot do, mm-hmm. and and uh, started to nerd out on what their what their push pull technique is doing for them, um, and I immediately applied that to what I was doing without you know with the stockless models. It works and. Uh, it definitely works better than, you know, just holding something out there. Um, and, and there's a few tweaks that you can make to that technique and incorporating, um, incorporating a third point with a cheek weld, uh, boy, it gets you, it gets you right there, like in, in levels of recoil mitigation and performance. Um, I think that you asked about benefits of, running without a stock. Yeah, actually uh, hold that thought because I I timed this poorly and so we can we can save that part for the next segment. Um if you can hold just one second. Uh right now we're talking with Rhett Newmayer from Demonstrated Concepts. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio brought to you by Centurion Arms, hard used rifles and accessories at easy day prices. Visit them online at centurionarms.com. Um, so I apologize for that, Rhett. Uh, my, my timing was poor there. So you were about to tell us what you see as the advantages for essentially stockless guns. Sure. So uh, in, in moving around, like, so we'll just say stage-like structures or just around the home or um, in a vehicle, just anywhere where there's garbage in your way. Uh, I find that one of my biggest problems on, so when we're talking about running something, something like a, a carbine stage, is that I would always have uh, coming from that port and collapsing back to that high port position um, or collapsing to like a compressed ready with the stock over the shoulder. I maybe I'm just really clumsy, but I would always get the stock like caught and like clipping on gear and and bouncing off of stuff. Um, there's no problem with that when you just take all of that away. So uh, it, it is a benefit for me. I may be the only one who who would list that as my uh, my big reason that I don't like that. But I think that uh, the big reasons that I hear from from students who have taken the, the content from me, have taken the classes from me. Um, so they want something that's ultra portable, that uh, fits in places that, is, that are more discreet or carryable um, than uh, what, would, what it would be with a stock. Um, that's, a, that's a big reason to run it. I think there's also there's also benefit in um, for and I will say this for those who are uh, like average strength folks. I'm, I would never recommend these guns to like small frame or like um, uh, I'll, I'll just say I'll just say people who do not have uh, normal upper body strength. Uh, but for for Folks like me, I'm not jacked. Uh, I have pretty average body strength for for my size. I find there's a pretty big benefit in uh, being able to use my arms to their full capability for 
recoil mitigation. Um, when when I first started running shotguns and I was taught how to, you know, suck the stock into my shoulder pocket, I hated every second of that. Just like it jarred my spine. It like rattled my brain every time I pressed the trigger. And now that I'm running detached with my arms being able to actually travel a bit, um, it just soaks up all of the nastiness in my arms and I don't get my, my cage rattled, uh, when I'm running some pretty, well, when I'm, when I'm running any, any 12 gauge loading. Right. Right. Well, and uh, as far as, so one of the, one of the things that you brought up there is as far as an advantage, um, we could have a long conversation about, I guess, bag guns for lack of a better term. Um, I've never seen one utilized by a private citizen. Um, I'm not saying it hasn't happened. And, and when I say bag guns, I'm talking about like long guns in a bag. I've, I've seen plenty of like off body carry pistols utilized. Um, but it, it seems like people right now are a lot more concerned with having I guess a firearm that is not a handgun uh, is something they can access pretty easily. It, and do you think that, I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Sure. I, uh, so I encounter, I encounter people who are displaced or just like between apartments or floating behind, like between homes constantly. I think a lot of that may be just because, well, I'm dealing with a lot of folks who are just of, of, uh, meager means or financially stressed. And I, I think for those folks, like having a gun that actually having your whole life needing to be packed up and moved around often, um, that's one of those scenarios where that has come in much less like the bad gun that I got to get out in case there's a bad guy. Um, I think you're, you're a spot on there. Like I've never seen or heard of that either. Um, but uh, that's one scenario with, with people needing to move around a lot and having a portable life. Another one is um, having ultra compact long guns uh, is something that I've done some training for for some church security groups who are stepping up their game and taking things a little more seriously. Yeah. Um, but don't want to don't want to be sitting, you know, with something some conspicuous like, hey, this is obviously not your typical backpack kind of thing. Right. Right. Um. And in and in that environment, you know, like it makes quite a bit of sense. Uh, if I had to respond to, uh, you know, uh, sort of an incident inside of, you know, a church or something like that. That's, that's something that I, I would want to have. And in fact, like I've done uh contract facility security work before, um, you know, at higher end events and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I too had a, uh, mine, mine was either an SBR or an SBS, like easily accessible to me just because like, again, if I'm 
if I'm sort of planning on like, hey, it's my job to move towards this if it happens, I'd rather have a long gun than not. So, and that, absolutely, yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, let me think. What what's something? And the, and this can be about anything that we've talked about, or or just something completely different. But like, what what is the thing that you wish people would think about more inside of all of this? So like, you know. You you can sort of like rub a, a magic lamp, genie pops out, and he's like, hey, I, I will grant you a wish. What what would you wish for as far as like people's uh, thought processes regarding all of this? Sure. I think that, uh, well, I'm, I'm primed here because I just came off of a conversation with some some folks about um, sort of sort of just this was uh, I, I'll say there's not enough emphasis put on mobility in I'll just say just about every tool that we pick. I think one thing that I, I focus on whether I'm teaching a pistol carbine or a shotgun class is um, being able to number one, being able to, uh, have that on you in a way that you can get around your environment extremely easily. So that's, that's a different, that's a different manifestation when we're talking about what that means for pistol is for what that means for like a shotgun. So let's say for a pistol, um, I am, well, across the spectrum, I'm a weight weenie. Like uh, I'm the dude who's like counting grams on the stuff going in my pockets every day. So um, I put I put extreme emphasis on keeping things light and being able to uh, to be extremely mobile because I know that it translates so much to my ability to put miles on if I need to, um, but also my ability to do like hands-on work, uh, doing some work with um, well doing some some evos with with Craig Douglas. I think that that really drove that point home. Um, like this, this T19 is huge on my body. Uh, I, I'm not a huge guy. I'm like 5'10", but for me, I think for my build, um, concealing that is more difficult for me. And then like trying to not get my ass beat on the ground and keep that was much more difficult for me than, well, than the other smaller stuff that I've, I've rolled with. Right. Uh, so I put emphasis there. For the carbine and shotgun stuff, um, so when guys want to do like full kit classes, uh, carbine work, I ask everyone on the line like, "What if you got a if you got a carrier on? What's that way? What's a gun way? How many miles can you do with it on? How many miles can you do with it off? What's your what's your forty and hundred look like with that on and with it off? And actually make them quantify the difference there because I think that uh, sometimes being uh, oftentimes being faster is uh, is more beneficial than whatever gizmo whatever two pounds extra you may have on all of the little stuff that you're carrying right yeah um, and I would agree with that I mean we've got a lot of uh, we've got 
a lot of experience, you know, and when I say we, like the community, um, we've got a lot of experience over the last 20 years in certain environments where, you know, the emphasis has gone from we're going to cover every inch that we can in, you know, ballistic rated material to we're going to cover the important bits and, you know, be able to get to certain places quickly and leave certain places quickly. Um, and, and that certainly makes sense to me. And I, I think there are, you know, carryovers uh, for even the private citizen if they're, you know, if they're really thinking about stuff um, and what actually happens and what doesn't happen. But we are we are coming up on the end of the show, sir. If, if people want to find out more about you or, you know, consume your content, uh, where can they do that at? Sure. So if you want to look me up, um, website is demonstratedconcepts.com. Uh, you can also, I've got Facebook and Instagram stuff at uh, decon underscore training. So D-C-O-N underscore training. Um, and I try and put some new stuff up on those places weekly. I also have a YouTube, uh, YouTube so demonstrate concepts there, um, which is uh, I try and do a fair bit of content for all of the things there. Sweet. Uh, Rhett, I really appreciate you getting up early to talk to everybody. Um, I, I, I think it was an, an interesting conversation. So uh, I'll talk to you soon, brother. I hope you uh, stay safe, okay? Awesome. Thanks so much, John. Yeah, no worries. Hey, guys, make sure you check out our website, BallisticRadio.com. Like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio. And, hey, keep leaving those five-star reviews on iTunes if you think we've earned it. Uh, It really helps us out. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, be safe and see you next week.